You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. And on last time, Colossians, we were discussing what not to wear. And, uh, I, you know, I get a little bit sensitive uh, doing that because I'm really not trying to give fashion advice. I don't, do not consider myself a fashionista or anything of that nature. Um, but, uh, and Melanie just kind of made fun of my bow tie on a what not to wear note. But anyway, uh, but tonight I want to preach about dressing for success. Dressing for success, thus the bow tie. <laughs> we, of course, are looking again in the book of Colossians chapter 3, and we really aren't talking about uh, the clothing that we wear, but God used that illustration because it's something that we can identify with, and He was saying we need to take off, we need to put off uh, a few things. He said we need to put off wrath. He said we need to put off wrath. He said we need to put off words that don't bring glory and honor to God. We need to strip away uh, ways uh, that need to be changed for the glory of God. We looked at all that when uh, through uh, chapter 3 and, uh, you know, beginning there in uh, verses 5 through 9. But when the Bible says to take something off, He doesn't just mean for us to set it aside. He means for us to put something else on. And look at Colossians 3, verse 10, and that's the the only verse of Colossians I plan to read to start with. It's going to be our text verse where the Bible says, And have put on the new man which is renewed in the knowledge after him in the image, or renewed after the image of him that created him. Now, again, the point, the idea of taking something off, here's the cool thing about God. God does not say that we need to deal with our wrath, we need to deal with our words, we need to deal with our ways and correct those, take those off, the old man, the old nature. See, it may sound strange, but if you're here today and you are saved by the grace of God, uh, when you got saved, God did a definite change in your heart and life. The Bible says that. The Bible says you're a new creature in Christ when you get saved. Uh, that changes on the inside, and that, th- that change does work its way on the outside. But the moment that you become a Christian, all of a sudden you're conflicted because you all of a sudden have a side of you that wants to please and honor and bring glory to God uh, and do, th- do the things of the Spirit. And for many of us, when we got saved, some of us were, were blessed to be saved in situations to where we were in a good church and around good people that kind of brought us in right away. And, uh, and some of those things seemed easy right away because we were in such a good environment for growth. Uh, but pretty soon you start realizing that the old nature is still there. The Bible says we have a new nature. The Bible says we have an old nature. And I don't care how long you've been a Christian, if you're, you still have the old nature, and the Bible says we need to put it off, and put on the new nature. And I believe it's a cool thing with God. People get the wrong idea of God for sure. You think about it for a moment. I believe in the Christian life, for every negative, for every thou shalt not, so to speak, there's a positive, at least one positive. Because you think about it. People think of God being a, a don't do this, don't do that kind of God. And He is... But he doesn't just give the negative, he gives a positive. You think, take the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Okay, so there's the negative. The positive is, do you want a false god or do you want a real god? 
Do you want to actually know God? Uh, not to worship idols. Don't make any graven image. That's the negative. Oh, you mean I don't get to worship something I made with my own hands? Uh, no, no, you can actually have a relationship with me instead. So there's the negative, but there's the positive. And you could go right down through the Ten Commandments or anything else for that matter. So God's not just saying here, hey, you need to quit your, uh, you need to deal with your anger issues. You need to uh, deal with the things you say. You need to begin to deal with uh, the way you're living your life. He says we need to put off that old nature and put on the new man. And I'm going to try my best to talk about how we can dress for success with the new man in these verses. Jesus gave us a parable to show how this is possible. Jesus gave a parable in Matthew 9, and it's just in two verses, Matthew 9, verses 16 and 17. And Jesus said this, No man putteth a piece of new cloth onto an old garment. For that which is put in to fill it up taketh from the garment, and the rent is made worse. Neither do men put new wine into old bottles, else the bottles break, and the wine runneth out, and the bottles perish. But they that put the new wine into new bottles, and both are preserved. So he talks about an old garment. And again, remember, clothes and cloth and things like this were a lot more valuable back in this time. So you wouldn't take an old tattered garment that was about to fall apart, and you, it, it's, it's just worn out all over, and you decide to take a valuable piece of cloth, and you're just going to patch up this one spot. He said it doesn't make sense because the rest of it's falling apart anyway. Christianity is not patching up a life. We've got lives that are a wreck. God doesn't just give us a patch on our old life and our old nature. Praise God, He gives us a new one, and that's what He's trying to say here. The, 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 the new wine into old bottles, it's the same thing. God says, I am not putting my spirit to empower the old man. I'm putting my spirit, I'm putting that new wine into something new. And so within you as a child of God, there's an old nature and there's a new, new nature. And I feel like tonight if you're saved, I don't have to explain that too much. It may be confusing to talk about, but if you're saved by the grace of God, you're probably living this on a daily basis, Right? You're living this on a daily basis. And unfortunately, there's some really poor teaching that takes place and poor implications that takes place within otherwise sound churches. Uh, it's easy for you to say. Uh, for, for sound, in sound churches, and that's almost the idea of trying to dress up the old man. There's some within otherwise good churches that seems like it's all about trying to put a patch on the old man. But we need to realize that the old nature is always wicked. There is no hope for the old nature. There's no hope for it whatsoever. Uh, it's only through the new nature. So the parable that Jesus gives points to the new man here. Colossians 3.10, that you put on, that you have, have put on the new man. God does not patch up the old nature. He replaces it throughout with a new one. The old man is replaced by the new one. The carnal nature by the divine nature. Ultimately, God is going to replace the old body with the new body. The natural body with the spiritual body. And our earthly body is going to be replaced with a heavenly body. 
So that's going to be a wonderful day, isn't it? So God doesn't just say, God's not just going to take us to heaven in our uh, uh, rackety old uh, condition, amen? We get a new body for a new place. Well, he gives us a new nature for a new life. And so we've put off the old man, we put on the new man, we dress for success. Now, the Greeks had two different words for new. Two different words for new. All right? Here's one. The the first one is one that we use from time to time. We use this word. It means new in time. So, in other words, it's something, wow, here it is. Brand new. It's new in time. We use this word uh, in our English we, to, for, with the word neo, you know, neo-orthodoxy, neo-classicism. So that's one uh, Greek word for new. The other one is kainos. And kainos means new in quality or fresh. All right? So there's one that means new in time, one that means new in quality. It's fresh. See, the, the, when we think about that, the, these sometimes are used interchangeably, but there's a fundamental difference. The Bible says here, notice what it says in verse 10 of Colossians, and have put on the new man. If you're saved by the grace of God, you have actually, once and for all, when you got saved, put on the new man. Which is another way we understand that the Bible says once you're truly saved by the grace of God, you're saved eternally. Once you're saved uh, by the grace of God. I've had people ask me, they'll say, "Uh, Preacher, I I know the way y'all believe. Y'all believe in that once saved, always saved business, don't you? Uh, And of course, that's not a biblical term uh, because people have been taught certain things about people that believe what the Bible says about having everlasting life. And I'll say, well, I said, I do believe if saved, always saved. If you're truly saved by the grace of God, you're saved forever. That is to say, just professing that you're a Christian does not make you a Christian. Uh, But if you've been saved by the grace of God, then you have the new man. You have the new nature. So we have once and for all put on the new man. That's neos. That's new in time, man. If If you're saved by the grace of God, the moment you were saved, something happened in your life. Now, I try to be careful there because for some of us, that was more profound than for others. It was really obvious, and I say that especially for those who were saved as a kid. They may have been a kid that already enjoyed going to Sunday school and enjoyed going to church, enjoyed singing the songs and all that. Well, they got saved. What changed? Well, they still enjoyed doing all these things. It wasn't like they were living some sinful life, and all of a sudden they're living a new life, even though, in a sense, you know, we are all living a sinful life when we're not <clears throat> saved. But you understand the point I'm making is that when you get saved by God's grace, there is something new that happens within you. You put on the new man. That's Neo. Now, as a consequence, we are being renewed. Notice what the Bible says here again in verse 10. And we have put on the new man. That's once and for all. Which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. So the moment we're saved, there's a change that takes place. We become a new creature in Christ. But then there's something new that's supposed to be happening in our lives every single day. Being renewed. 
uh, being growing, a freshness, a closeness with God. This is the picture that God's wanting to give here, the new man. So when the Bible's talking about the new man, really what this is speaking of is Jesus Christ in our lives. The Holy Spirit of God within us, the new nature. Before a person is saved by the grace of God, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, that if, uh, that, that he says, and you hath he quickened. Who were, anybody? Dead. And you hath he quickened who were dead. Because before we're saved, we're not physically dead, obviously. Uh, we are not uh, soul dead, which is to say that we have emotions and we have you know, feelings and we have our will. So we're not dead physically, we're not dead in our emotions. I've met some people that I've wondered about. Uh, but, uh, but the part of us is, that's dead is the Bible says we are spiritually dead. Because that's the part of man that's dead. That, and the spirit of man, just like the outside of me works, can, can communicate with the world around me, my soul can, can, can communicate with you on a soulful level, on an emotional level. Because I'm alive in my body. I'm alive in my soul. But if you're not alive in your spirit, then you can't truly experience what it is to know God. But when we're saved, we're made a new creature when the spirit is brought to life. And now all of a sudden, that, that new man is created on the inside of me. Uh, so there's a new man, uh, a, a new part of us. We have a new nature. Uh, again, the Bible says in if, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, any man, any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. And, uh, and that just simply means a brand new creation. Amen? I mean, and just like, I love, I love the, the way, the, the, the pictures that God's Word gives. Just like in the book of Genesis, the Bible says uh, that, that, that the earth was, was, was void and, 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 and dark. But then the Bible says, but the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And, 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 and the Spirit of God moved. And the next thing you know, the Bible says, and God spoke. Thank God for that there was a time in my life when my life was void and dark and empty. In my soul, in my spirit. But guess what happened? The Spirit of God moved upon the Word of God, upon the waters of the Word. The Spirit of God moved, and God spake. And He brought life. And that's the picture, even there within creation. You are, man, I'm a new creature in Christ. I, I mean, the, the, the way I can stand before you tonight, the way that I've lived well, even one day of the Christian life is only because I've been brought to life by the power of the Spirit of God. It's, it's the, what the Bible calls the new man. Um, otherwise, you know, Christianity is not just meant to be your attempts to please God. Our, our best efforts. That's not what Christianity is. Christianity is a transformed life. Isn't that wonderful? A transformed life. So we're a new creation. I love what the Bible says. We're, we're a new creation. The Bible says we're His workmanship in, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 10. We are His workmanship, which is uh, the word po uh, poema, and it's the word where we get poem, but it goes along the lines of being a masterpiece. Being a masterpiece. 
You've been made a new creature in Christ. The Bible says, furthermore, we are His workmanship. You are His workmanship. In other words, He's still doing a work on us. Amen? We're being renewed. We're His workmanship. We're being changed by Him unto good works. And the Bible says in Ephesians 4.24 that the new man is created in righteousness. And look at those last two words. What kind of holiness? True holiness. True holiness. God's people ought to be a holy people. But true holiness means that we're not holier than thou. True holiness isn't prideful. True holiness isn't us thinking more of ourselves than we ought to think. See, the old man cannot be reformed. That's all religion offers, by the way, is reforming the old man. But that's not what God wants to do. That The old man cannot be reformed. He's beyond all hope. He's been, he's been put to death, the old nature put to death uh, when Christ died. That's what we studied in previous weeks. And he's been replaced by the new man who is righteous and holy and enabled to do true good works in true holiness. Again, there's the battle. There's something we have to put off. There's something we have to put on. The idea is, once we were saved, we have that new nature, once and for all. The problem is, we have the old nature still. There's the, there's the, there's the old uh, saying, you know, about uh, you know, the, the two boys, for instance. Anybody ever uh, slaughter chickens? Everybody ever been a part of killing? You ever chopped a chicken's head off, Kenley? Ashley? You ever done that? You ought to go for it sometime. Or just, even if you... Uh, even if, if you go pheasant hunting and you get a pheasant, you know, and uh, man, you'll wring that sucker's neck, and, uh, but it'll still just keep going and flapping its wings like I'll get out. Well, the two boy, there was two little boys one time watching a uh, chicken got its head cut off, and son, that chicken will run around the yard for uh, sometimes a little while. I mean, I say a little while, I'm not talking about days or anything, you know, but, uh, but for long enough, and then these two boys are saying, man, look, that chicken's still alive. And the, boy, the other boy says, it can't be alive, its head's been cut off. And then finally they asked their dad, they said, is that chicken dead or is it alive? And he said, well, it's dead, it just don't know it yet. It's dead, it just don't know it yet. <laughs> and, uh, and of course it is dead, but that's sometimes the picture of our old nature. We can overcome. Folks, the Bible says very clearly in the book of, man, it's an awesome, it's an awesome principle. The Bible teaches us in the book of Romans that we do not have to yield to sin. We do not have to be under the power, under the control of sin. We all have that old nature, but we have a new nature uh, that God has given to us as well. Now, the verbs that God gives here are instructive. Again, uh, if you go back to uh, verse number... Yep. Uh, well, well, let's just look at verse number 10. The Bible says, and have put on the... Uh, and I'm looking so hard for a verse. And when you're up here preaching and teaching, it's hard to find a verse sometimes. Uh, can you edit this part out of the live stream? Uh, and have put on the new man, which is renewed after the knowledge. But they're instructed. The Bible's saying, we have put on the new man. The verb expresses again a completeness and definiteness that takes place after conversion. So what happens is, 
Again, I said dressing for success. We need to put off the wrath. We need to put off the words. We need to put off the ways that don't bring glory and honor to God. We need to take off the things that belong to this world and belong to the former life. We need to quit trying to spray perfume on it. You ever tried to, you ever tried to put perfume on something that stinks? I mean, you know, hey, you have an old dog that went and rolled over in something he shouldn't have rolled over in and uh, rolled around in and you go and you, you decide that you're going to put a whole thing of brute on him or something, you know? Brute aftershave or cologne just to make him smell real good. Melanie loves when I wear brute. She doesn't. I don't wear brute. Uh, but, but let me tell you something. You try to put that on some stink and it don't help it smell good. It makes it worse. Because now... You've got the perfume aroma carrying the stink along with whatever this is. Man, that's, that's, what, that's, what, that's why religion stinks, by the way. That's not what God wants to do with the old man. That's not what we need to do. That's not the way we need to treat. And I say that because the way some of us can try to dress up our sin and put some stuff on our sin to try to make it smell better. Oh, I'm, I'm mean and I'm angry, but, but you know what? They deserved it. And the Bible says, be angry and sin not. So I'm going to be, I'm going to be ugly to people and, and hurt people because I'm going to be angry and sin not. Man, you stink. You still stink. You can be trying to act religious about it, but how about the people that do this? This is a common thing today, isn't it? For uh, uh, people that want to justify immorality. Oh, but I love this person. You still stink. Your sin still stinks. You can call it love all you want to as if that's the thing that justifies sin. That don't, that don't justify sin. Uh, that, that's not, we, we need to take it off. We need to take off the old act. Take off the old works. Uh, see them for what they are. But then we need to know what to put on. Put on Christ. So you need to know your fit. You need to know what's in style. You need to know what to wear from a biblical standpoint. So how are you going to know your fit? Again, the Bible says there in verse number 10, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in what? Knowledge. So how are we renewed? In knowledge. After the image of uh, him that created him. So the way we are going to be changed... See, we were created in the image of God. Uh, man's personality, our intellect, our emotion, our will, those all are reflective of God's image. Man's spirituality, because of course we're more than a body. We're a body, we're a soul, we're a spirit. But when man sinned, this image of God was marred and ruined. Adam's children, which is mankind, were born in the image of their father, Adam. And in spite of the ravages of sin, we still do bear the mark of God. But we were formed in God's image, deformed from God's image by sin, but through Jesus Christ, we can be transformed into the image of Christ. We can be transformed into the image of Christ. And that is what he's talking about here, being renewed. We must be renewed in the spirit of our minds. As we grow in the knowledge of the Word of God, we will be transformed by the Spirit of God to share in the glorious image of God. 
Many of you may have already thought of the verse, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. The Bible says, I think I've got to say verse number 1 uh, to help me with it. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, the anger, the wrath, the lust, the sin, the pride, the, all these other things. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. The Greek word is metamorphosis. Transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. So we're transformed, we're renewed in the knowledge of God in our minds. When we get in the Word of God. See folks? When we, get, when, we allow, uh, when we get into the Word of God, yes, read it, memorize it, study it, dig deep. Because what begins to happen is, you know the truth. And what did Jesus say will happen when you know the truth? Truth will make you free, amen? The truth will set you free. Listen, what many of us need tonight is to be set free. We need to be set free from the old man. See, I'm preaching all this tonight, and it's easy for you to sit there and say, so you mean to tell me that if I'm saved, that I have the new man, the old man's dead, and you're sitting there thinking, that does not describe my experience right now. Because my old nature seems very much alive, and I'm struggling spiritually right now. Well, yes, that is a very real possibility, because we've all been there. It's something that we literally all battle with. But the point that I'm just simply trying to make is that we can live transformed lives. We can live victorious lives. That's the idea. And the thing that helps us to do that is getting the knowledge of God, understanding, because the battles in my mind, when, you know, and, and, you know this goes back to a message I preached a couple weeks ago, that, that when, when, I, when I don't think I can, God says I can. When I don't think I can live this life, when I don't think I can fulfill what God's called me to do, God says, I have empowered you. We know the verses and the truth sets us free. That's how we're set free. That's how God cha changes this. So when we are free in Christ, we are able to live in the power of the transformed life, in the power of the new man. I'm going to try to bring this down and hope that I have made some sort of sense tonight to a, uh, to a closing illustration. And uh, it's, it's about uh, the Boeing 747 jumbo uh, jet, wide jet. This jet, if you've ever seen a Boeing 747, uh, they do not fly out of Sioux City. I'll tell you that, okay? They're 230 feet long, 230 feet long. The wingspan is almost 200 feet wide, and it weighs 735 thousand pounds seven so so imagine this plane 230 foot wide so you would have to put you know it would take up a it would almost take up an entire football field this way and that way uh and it weighs 735,000 pounds now when you look at when you look at this monstrosity there's it doesn't make sense that people are going to get on this thing and fly across the world. Because that's normally what they do in these things, is they fly a long ways. All right? 
Because we know that there's a law. There's a law that says uh, you're staying right here. You're 735. I mean, you thought you were heavy. All right? If you get on the scales tomorrow and it says 735,000 pounds, do you know you got issues then? Gravity. There is a law that says, oh, you got that much mass? Uh, no, you're, you're staying right here. You're staying right here. And that's a reality. But we know that there is another law. And we know that there's, there's, there's something that defies this law. And it's thrust. It's, it's the massive power that comes out of the engines on this plane. It's the aerodynamics of this plane. So all of a sudden, there's enough power. And it takes a lot. But there's enough power that it gets that jet moving, and it gets it moving at a high rate of speed. And it's been designed with aerodynamics that when it reaches a certain speed, man, there it goes. Now remember, the whole time, gravity's saying, no, 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 no! You're way too big to fly. You're way too heavy to fly. Gravity is still pulling. And it pulls as much as it possibly can. But there's more power in the thrust and in the aerodynamics and then off that plane goes. Too big to fly, too big to get off the ground, but there it goes. Do you ever, spiritually speaking, feel like your old nature weighs about 735,000 pounds? See, and because what gravity is doing is, what's it doing? It's, it's, it's trying to keep you connected to this earth, to this world. Every one of us feel that drag. Every one of us feel that pull. Every one of us. Our old nature, and you just say, I, I, preacher, you said take off wrath. I can't. I mean, I, I'm, I'm weighted down here. And week after week, people sit in these chairs and they think to themselves, <laughs> he preaches about this abundant life business, he preaches about victorious Christian living, uh, that's, that's gone for me. It, I, I, there's, I can't get off the ground. I can't get off the ground. But what we have that we're not taking into account is that we have power. Gravity's strong. Let me tell you something. The pull of the old nature is strong. I'm not even, I mean, I'm not even going to make no bones about that. It's strong, man. But I'm telling you something. Guess what? The power of the Holy Ghost is bigger. Those turbines get to going. And the world's trying to hold on and sin's trying to hold on. But all of a sudden, man, we kick the knowledge of God into overdrive and we've got the power of the Holy Spirit of God that's going to drive us. We've got that thrust that's going to push and fight against that pull of the world. The aerodynamics of our new nature allow us to, to, to begin to ascend and all the while gravity's still pulling and trying to fight. But folks, I believe tonight that I can fly. Amen. I believe I can fly. Why? Because I've got some knowledge. I know what the Word of God says. Yes, we understand the knowledge of what gravity does, but that's not the only law. Amen? We can defy it. 
We can defy it. And you can overcome. And the pull of, I know the pull of the old nature is strong on your life tonight. But what I'm trying to tell you is that the power of the... Do you believe that? If you don't, start getting in the Word of God and claiming it. You, we're renewed, made fresh every day by knowledge. We're transformed by the renewing of our minds. When we begin to think things that are not scriptural, we need to correct those with thoughts that are scriptural. The challenge, though, is this, isn't it? We need to know what thoughts are scriptural and what thoughts aren't. We need to know what the Bible says and what it doesn't say. And we need to be, begin to incorporate and believe and claim what God's Word says and believe that over the pull of gravity. I can't. I'm stuck here. There's no way. I just can't move. Well, you can't on your own. But that's why God's given you a new man. He's given you a new power. He's given you new aerodynamics. And let me tell you something. You can fly. You can fly. You can, you can overcome. You do not have to be dragged down by sin. You do not have to be... Do you ever get in those places, man, to where you literally don't feel like you can avoid this sin? I do. I have many times. But you know what God promised? The Bible says God's faithful. The Bible says He's promised not to allow any man to be tempted above that which He is able. But God has promised. You get, you get this in your mind now. This is knowledge that will help you be fresh every day. The Bible says He will not, be able, he will not allow you to, to be tempted above that which you are able, but He says He will with the temptation. Promise from God right here. Every temptation comes with a little emergency pull thing. A switch. A little, you know, uh, what am I looking for? Thing to ripcord or something, something to pull. Every temptation you have, no matter how heavy it is, the Bible says He's promised to make a way of escape. So you always remember sin is not greater. Yeah, your old nature is strong. But the new nature is stronger through the power of the Holy Spirit of God, through the knowledge of God. So how do we dress for success? We do that by putting on Christ. We do that through knowledge. But let me say this as we all stand and get ready to be dismissed. Thank you for your patience. We do that also through making sure, number one, you've got to be saved to start with. You've got to be saved. Do you know Christ? Do you have a personal relationship with Him? If you don't, please don't leave here without making sure. You may be a religious person, but I'm telling you, man, that doesn't do anything to change your heart. And that's what God wants to do in your life. He wants to give you something real. He wants to give you something real. Amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, dear Lord, for the privilege to be here tonight. I thank you for these folks' patience, dear Lord, and and your graciousness, God. We've we got to be gracious one to another because uh, uh, we all have the ability to, uh, I don't know, just 